small village in the United Kingdom, which from a distance seems peaceful and inviting, the kind of place you might like to live in. But take a closer look, and you will find this is a village in crisis. Hello and welcome to another pulsating episode of A Village in Crisis with me, Neil McDermott, and my good friend Lee Phillips. Um, how are you doing, Lee? I am fantastic, Neil. It's Friday. Um, yeah. My weekend starts, my work, weekend of work starts here. Weekend of work? So you're finishing yeah. this job and then going to work somewhere else? Or? Yeah, and then the same again tomorrow. Mm. Back in yep. the restaurant with the sweaty shirt. Well, I've been deli- I've been given two really nice 100% organic cotton Primo Primo white shirts now, like everybody else was wearing. Oh right. Oh, they uh, they they haven't singled you out. They haven't eyeballed you and said we've got to get that guy. <laughs> no, they it was standard standard issue. That's sweaty mess. That's sweaty mess. But it's not as hot as it was before. Also, I was I realised that I was coming from the underground garage, and right. in the middle of the summer, can you imagine how humid the underground garage is? Yeah, very humid. And you have to climb up like a forty degree embankment to get to the top of the entrance as well. It's horrible when the sweat, like the sweats, kind of catch up on you. They jump out on you. You think you're fine. You walk somewhere, you get in, you think, oh, I'm actually fine, and then boom. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not even. Uh, yeah, it's exactly as you described it. You go, you you think you've got away with it, uh, but the the very fact that there's motion going on keeps the sweat at bay uh, for some reason. And then as soon as you stop, it just seems to open from every pore in your body. Yeah. Uh, I worked with a, a woman that had a husband who was the bar manager of a restaurant, who was quite a big lad, and he was a, he, he's a bit of a sweaty mess for real. And you can buy this, like, uh, special 20, like, the deodorant that lasts seven days. Oh, yeah. Which is um, always, like, just on those. Mm. Who wants deodorant that lasts, you know, like, links or something, 48-hour, uh, or short, 48-hour protection? Yeah. Have a wash. Yeah, no, well, Neil, it doesn't kind of work like that, does it? It's, I mean, I'm not putting on 24-hour, 48-hour roll-on or spray because then I don't have to wash for 24 hours. That's not my goal. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm using a seven-day roll-on, it's because I'm an incredibly sweaty person under my arms. Right. And it, it is exasperated. It's a stress sweat as well. So the more you sweat, the more you sweat. Right, okay. So... If I use a seven-day roll-on... So, hold on. So, this it, person this, you were talking about in the third person, is it you? No, I am <laughs> that person as well. I admit that I use the seven-day roll-on. Okay. And it was an absolute lifesaver. I recommend it to any... Like, when I was a kid at school, I was always sweaty. So sweaty, like, in the summer, I'd be wearing a jumper with a T-shirt underneath the shirt, right? And I'd still be sweating through my armpits, through the T-shirt, shirt, and jumper. Nice. Okay. I was not like Evans, but not funny. Yeah, no, but very. <laughs> yeah, there were no jokes, and all I was doing was sitting still. Um, but I found this uh, seven-day roll-on, 
uh, it was a life changer for me, absolute life changer. And literally Sunday evening, you put it on before you go to bed after you've had a wash. And then in the morning you get up, you wash it off and that's it. You're not sweating for a week. Wow. But I showered in the mornings, put my normal roll on, on as you would yeah. do, shave my armpits on a regular basis. Cause that's where the smell comes from a lot of the time. Yeah. The hairy armpits. I know the Brits don't oh. like doing it anyway. So I swear by it. This woman <laughs> told me. <laughs> this woman told me about her husband, yeah. who was real sweaty mess, and we were talking about this special roll on me bio there. Yeah. Uh, that you can probably get in England as well that I recommend. Uh, and he had a problem with not just underarm sweat, but everywhere sweat, right? Right. <laughs> so she said he'd put it on his forehead, his cheeks, under his neck all over his upper body and she had to do his back for him there was no sweat coming from anywhere that can't be good for you <laughs> no. oh how we laughed at the whole thing and i was like uh, that you didn't leave any area for him to was he panting out of his mouth like a dog <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it works though Talking of that sort of uh, roll on, we went hiking in uh, around Mount Blanc, me and two yeah. friends. Okay. And this is like, I, I love, this is jumping all over the place here. Yeah, but it's also sort of roll on uh, story with the, with the forehead and whatnot. Okay. And I think it was only like our second hiking trip. Uh, and it was the first one abroad. And we, it was, August, it was so hot up in the mountains. I mean, it's so hot. And none of us took any uh, sun cream with us. No. Stupidly. I bet you had a couple of bottles of wine in your bag. No, we did not on this occasion. (laughs) (laughs) It was so hot that when we come down into sort of like a valley area, the only shade was uh, to the side of a a port-a-loo, which absolutely stank in about 38 degree heat. But I sat with my back to the to the portaloo because I needed to get out of the sun. <laughs> and then I sat there for about five minutes. So I can't do this. I can feel it penetrating into the, my clothes, the smell. <laughs> <laughs> so go up to um, uh, I what I did have in my bag late in the afternoon on like the second day was a 50 factor 50 roll on cream. Right. So I just went like this all over my face and smudged it in. Okay. What what Lee did there is he pretended to put roll on on his face in a haphazard fashion for for those of you only listening without the visuals, which is everyone. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think people could have interpreted what I was doing when I said like this on my face. But anyway. Um. So we got to the cabin on like the second night up in the mountains and I went and had a shower and you know that feeling when you're sunburned. Yeah. And I came out of the shower with my face sort of really pinched and and hurting. And I looked in the mirror and what happened was this amazing heat up at 3000 plus meters altitude had sunburned my face so badly. It was red everywhere apart from where the, the roll-on hadn't smudged into my face, but had left like a sort of Zorro <laughs> mask. <laughs> so when I walked into the communal uh, dining room, 
all these like Italians, Germans, English, Welsh, you know, like a multitude of nationalities were all brought together in a collective belly laughing at me as I walked in, <laughs> looking like a sunburnt Zorro. Um, I've got a face related story that I should have told you the other day, actually. Mm. Um, a bird shit on my face when I, when I was at Camden Market. Shit on your face. Face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did it land? Well, forehead, forehead, missed the eye, caught the cheek. Oh, my God. Like a sort of dirty bird shit James Bond baddie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, it was a starling and not a pigeon or some other or a seagull or something. I love that. How did you know? Did you identify the bird by the bird shit or did well, you look was, up and see the starling? Because they're quick little buggers. Well, they were all over the place. I was at Camden Market having some food. So they were all over the place like little fucking scavengers. Um, and then what had happened when we would got our food, I positioned... Like I said, oh, look, there's space over here. Not thinking, why is there space over here? And we went and stood somewhere, which was under this cable, which was full of starling shitting on people. So I'd imagine <laughs> I'd imagine what had happened is someone else had been shit on there and then moved away and then watched as I went and stood there and got shit on. That is, yeah. I mean, that those situations are, are such a... A slap on the forehead and a, and it's like a, and of course of course that's why that's empty yeah <laughs> i was going to i can't remember which tube station we were on but we some friends from sweden we came over for the first london derby Tottenham arsenal at the right. new emirates stadium and we were it may have been king's cross it was absolutely rammed trying to get onto the tube right and I think something stupid like four or five, six tubes came and went before we were able to get on. And we were only able to get on because all of a sudden this door opened and we jumped onto the carriage. All the others were fully packed. This one was empty <laughs> or almost empty. We got on and as soon as the door shut, we were like, oh, we know why. And it absolutely stank. I mean, oh. uh, there was a homeless bloke on there that had years of feces ground into the clothes he was wearing right Fucking and he hell. had a big black carrier bag and i can only imagine that his own feces was wrapped up in it in in newspaper it and was, you said and you said dad what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen you in ages <laughs> but we were everybody and the reason it was of that was obviously the reason it was empty but yeah. uh, everybody was pushed to the edges of this carriage and they were huddled like penguin, hiding from this stench. Like I remember having my, my spur scarf wrapped around my mouth and I was still gagging. And there was this woman stood there, well-clothed, pretty sort of elegant looking. And yeah. this bloke started patting the chair next to him and said, Oh, oh yeah. love, come sit down here. There's plenty of room for you. <laughs> <laughs> so he was fully aware of what he was, what he was responsible for. And he had a humour about it. And um, we went one tube stop, we got off, and then yeah. uh, went watched to other, watched other people get on and laugh at them. Oh God, God, that was horrendous. That stay with me for life. Uh, we've had a, a bit of feedback from the most recent bonus episode. Yeah. Um, 
you know about the head case walking his cat on a lead because the cat was so precious yep he had, precious, <laughs> <laughs> he had any thoughts on him since have you thought about that guy at all since or not no i i uh you moved on i no, i haven't moved on per se i've um yeah and i mean i i guess i've reinforced my own view on it uh that people who walk cats are absolute nutters uh, okay I mean, yeah well someone got in touch to say and i quote i saw a group of a group of youths with a rabbit on a lead on christ's peace in cambridge yesterday risky business a rabbit yeah what animal Actually, do you I... think you know, what animal? Got, Hold on. What, what animal do you think it would need to be for you to step in and say, "Boy, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing?" I mean, fish, a obviously. A tiger. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going I'd over. Say, to I'd say I'm tiger. glad you've got it on a leash, but I'm pretty sure that could still pull away from you there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, honestly, I'm over here in the park playing with the kids, and I don't yeah. feel comfortable with a tiger watching me. <laughs> Oh, it's all right. I fed him before I came out. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, how much? Yeah. No. Tigers, um, tigers are big. Yeah, you're right. They are big. When you see them in a zoo, that's a that's a lot of animal. Remember when Windsor Zoo was Windsor Zoo before it became uh, Legoland? I think, yeah, I do, vaguely. Mm. My dad used to take us there all the time. Uh and they i remember they had uh baby tiger cubs in in that zoo and looking back now horrendously they had them in small glass boxes Fucking with hell. like an iron like with like a grill front so that they so that they were sort of sticking out from the mate so you have a a, a window and then so that um they can sort of come out and feel sort of closer to you and i just remember that being like i remember asking my dad for one desperately, <laughs> desperately begging for one and getting upset that he wouldn't get me one oh, oh, the you last know, time all I 16 went... year old all 16 year olds <laughs> i went to a zoo i don't know probably about five or six years ago colchester mm. zoo i got there you know you take the kids i got there i was walking around it and i just thought i am not into this at all and then thought i'm never going to go to another zoo and you know what i haven't it's absolutely uh, fucking bullshit yeah i've been to berlin zoo and we were there for a whole day it was amazing but you needed two days to see everything but it's just a little bit like you say it's a little bit like okay you that see shouldn't... the orangutan sitting there like oh look he's making his nest oh, i mean yeah, I mean, I love orangutans, but poor fucker. Yeah. In Berlin Zoo, they had a panda with one bollock, and <laughs> it was the size of an ostrich egg. It was hor- horrendously big. I've got a picture of it. I'll dig it out and send it to you, because I know you don't believe me. It was just sat there, not moving, looking all right. depressed, probably because this one bollock was too big <laughs> to carry around. Just, I was, yeah. Berlin Zoo was amazing, but... Uh, zoos in general like you say there's nothing worse as well as like a low a um sort of an old-fashioned in sweden here they've got something called skansen it's like over 150 years old or something right. and they have uh 
like old houses on how they you know showing how they used to live back in the day yeah with clogs sitting outside and whatnot and they sell old fudge and bits and bobs and uh they also have a, a large animal enclosure and it's all mainly scandinavian animals which is kind of cool but they you they they may as well just say that's that rare red foxes in there because i've never ever seen it come out no well they're coming on 90 percent of uh the animals in these places you don't see oh right so you reckon they just stick a label up and say yeah we've definitely got an armadillo i'm not saying that they do that i'm saying they could do that and get away with it well maybe not everyone's as corrupt as you um i've got some interesting news talking of corruption actually i've got some interesting Mm -hmm. news from the village facebook page okay um I think someone has infiltrated the group and is clamouring for our attention. Okay. Um, Do you remember the person who put the post up about the one night stand? Yeah, yeah. Fiona found something. It was first of all, it was her that found the trombone. Then she put a post up about the one night stand. And we gave her the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah. that could be innocent and interestingly well, after them, it might have been a, a language yeah area thing that's right but then mm. after that someone had got in touch with me and said that a joke along those lines had been doing the rounds on facebook for a while but i didn't want to believe it because i didn't want to believe that there was a contributor trying to manipulate us um which they are you know that's what they're doing they're manipulating me and you you and I. <laughs> I'm was. not being manipulated. <laughs> well, anyway, the post, maybe, but... the post did again. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time it is as subtle as a brick. Do you want to hear it? I do. I do. It's a bit niche, but one of my favourite pastimes is swing ball, a passion from 70s childhood. I'm looking for fellow enthusiasts in the village and wondered if they are wondered if there are any other keen swingers that would like to join me or maybe there's already a well-established swingers group up and running same woman who same rusty trombone and one night stand yeah Mm -hmm. i I mean mean... (laughs) it, it could be now she may not be aware of the podcast at all and she might just be doing this as a ongoing joke, but yeah. being the self-absorbed person I am, and I know you are, I'm going to say she's aware of the podcast and she's trying to manipulate this group. What do you think? I, I don't know. That's pretty difficult to establish at this point. Um, however, it, <laughs> the evidence is piling up to suggest she knows exactly what she's about. Yeah. The rusty trombone bit. I mean, if she, I, I find it. I mean, if she, the, the rusty trombone, it's almost like she'd need an accomplice because all she did was put that up and say, "I found this." Well, I don't know. It might be worth trawling through her posts to see if um, have. the oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I was going to say that other people hadn't like taken the bait before, and there are other little bits out there that she's thrown out. Well, I've had a look, actually, because she only joined the group. Um, hold on, let me find her. Because she's only been in the group a month or so. And she's only mm. put on three things. The trombone, 
the one the night stand. One night stand, and now the swingers thing. Swingers. She hasn't got her profile picture. It sounds like a ringer. It sounds like someone set up a fake account and has. Oh, actually, no. Uh, she's put on four. She's put on four posts, um, and one of them was a screenshot of a poem, actually, and she's put that she's heartbroken, and it's a poem about refugees. So there's no, um, there's nothing in there. Like looking for us to comment on. Is there not? Oh, nice. No, just a poem. Do you want to hear the poem? No. Good. No. <laughs> I'm not a massive poetry fan. Yeah, well, this one. I, don't I like think poetry was... about World War Two. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Remember that one? Uh, no, I was thinking more Keats and stuff. No, well, that was Baldrick um, from Blackadder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Keats was a big war poet either, to be honest, mate. Was he not? No. Who was I thinking of then? Uh, Wilfred Owen. There was one about a soldier returning from war and how mm. he was uh, shunned by society. They didn't understand. They were thankful for his sacrifice, but they didn't understand what, what he'd gone through. Should we move on to this week's thread? Mm. It's from Dave Dickhead. I drove past the new cycle path from the village up to where it meet the existing cycle path at the village ed, edge. What really struck me is how up and down it is as it meets each house dropped curb. I really have doubt that cyclists will use it as it's such a roller coaster. There will be even less incentive to use it when the inevitable and widely unpopular 20 mile an hour limit comes into force. Clearly, there is no shortage of money for highway projects in Cambridgeshire, with the exception of pothole repairs, of course. So this guy's gone on to complain that he's driven past the cycle path. And this isn't the first time we've heard about the undulating cycle path. Is it? No, I remember um, that other people had an issue with it. And what really struck me is how up and down it is as it meets each house dropped curb. Firstly, the dropped curb is what? No more than about 10, 10 centimetres max. Yeah. Fair? If I'm yeah. wrong, I'm out by a couple of centimetres. A dropped That's curb. Not... If you've got a cycle path coming past your house, yeah. You've got to have a drop curb so you can get in and out of your driveway. So yeah. that there has to be the dropped curb. What what do you think the other solution is? Well, what I do know as well, Neil, is that if you're a lot of people are turning there, if you don't have a driveway in in front of your house already and you want to turn your front garden into a driveway, yeah. And you want a drop curb, you have to apply to the council and pay for it yourself. Yeah. To tune about six, seven hundred quid or whatever it is, right? So people are making their own decisions or and then being backed up by the council on it. So yeah. the these people are, who have the drop curb are in the majority. Yeah. Um I'd just like to go back to the fact that this is an absolute non problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a 10 centimetre drop and a 10 yeah. centimetre incline. And it's a car's 
width look wide plus yeah i really have doubt that cyclists will use it as it's such a roller coaster doesn't sound a roller like a coaster to me. <laughs> it sounds like a shit roller coaster <laughs> so if, if this is the roller coaster for you uh no i don't know i don't know what's um well let me just on, on that roller coaster thing i was listening to the radio when i was going down to london the other day radio two and they do this quiz and there's two different people that come on and the first one came on and the dj's going oh you're a bit of a thrill seeker are you she goes yeah i've just done my first ever um skydive and i do all this and i like mountaineer and i do all this and like, okay great she did her quiz the next guy comes on and they're like oh yeah you're a bit of a thrill seeker as well aren't you that's funny have you ever done a skydive no no i never done a skydive it's like oh, okay so you're a thrill seeker what kind of thrills uh do you like he said oh yeah um love roller coasters you know really into roller coasters <laughs> he's like oh okay great you know um you know where have you been like have you been here at night? He'd been to two theme parks, this this thrill seeker. <laughs> Thorpe Park was one of them. And yeah. Alton Towers. So this thrill seeker had been to two theme parks in his life. Yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a thrill seeker, yeah. Well you're not seeking very hard. Come and ride no, along this come and ride it's along. It's not like he's uh, booking weekend flights to China <laughs> to take on one of those massive fuckers that they've built out there. Yeah. Or, Colorado Springs or wherever it is where they have them in America. Yeah, made me piss myself laughing when he came on. Anyway, Edna Engineer comes on. She says, I believe the top surface will go down when the groundworks on the route are complete. Hopefully this will make it smoother. And Dave Dickhead says, smoother, yes, but that won't make any difference to the undulations. I'm just trying to think. Um, Right. A cycle lane is quite wide. Yeah. I, I, I assume I'll make a calculated guess and say that the traffic, the cycle traffic will go in one direction on each side. Uh, no, it's not that. They haven't got the room to make it that wide. So, yeah, I mean, no, it I will, mean no, people will naturally go on the left or the right. Um, but there's yeah, no so line. Like, there's no line probably down. like follow the traffic. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Yeah. I hear what you say. Right. So, but then it is wide enough that the the drop in the curb. Yeah. I assume isn't the whole cycle path. It's only the edge. Well, yeah, because it will it will slope up, won't it? Like yeah, slope up and then down. Yeah. Yeah, but how by you know there will there will certainly be a part of that cycle path that is flat yeah or in level with the rest of the road that on the right or left left of the cyclist that isn't dropped like the curb. And th- this this has been extended into the village to make it safer so once you get out of the village obviously it's just a normal cycle path but they've extended hmm. it so that the cyclists can get off the road in the village Anthony yeah. Arcel comes in. He says, I totally agree with you. The cyclists will avoid like the plague due to the excessive undulations. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? You know, when you think you've been infiltrated, like we have by Fiona found something and her rusty mm. trombone. To, yeah. 
are these people are these more subtle infiltrators no these are the dickheads that actually (laughs) enjoy writing this shit on facebook that is is the building blocks of our podcast like yeah. the Fiona found something who's infiltrated us. I don't mind her being a part of it. Like we know her for what she is now. Yeah. If she if she uh, draws out wild and reckless comments from other people, uh, good on yeah, that. let the mole stay where she is. But yeah. these two, I don't. They speak for the whole cycle community. I wonder if anybody will come in and actually say I'm a cyclist. I don't mind it. Fuck off. Being informed comes in. I've cycled along that the path. I've cycled along that path for years. It's so much better now than it was having to avoid potholes and the thin, uneven path. It's much safer for children and unconfident cyclists. Yeah. There we there go. go. Uh, Gary's got kids comes in. I've used it with the little ones. It is fine and much better. Um, but Dave Dickhead is not having that. I agree it will be helpful for young cyclists and nervous cyclists, but the everyday cyclists going to work, I have my doubts. <laughs> <laughs> I have my doubts. Yeah. Well, if you don't want to use it because it's undulating, get back on the road and shut up. Yeah. Well, this guy, I don't think is a cyclist. I think he's a he's just he, he's driven past and is an observer. So he's just having an opinion on whether cyclists I'll tell you where people, because there's always, for some reason, this massive beef between people that drive cars and people that ride bikes. Mm. And I really don't understand it. But people that drive cars, nothing. And I am one of those people, but I'm not going to put myself in this category. Nothing pisses them off more than seeing a bike on the road when there's a cycle path option. I agree. 100%. Right, that really pisses that pisses them off. Um, but then the cyclist, it's, it's the cyclist be... will say, "Hold on, hold on." The cyclist will say, "The cycle path's there, and it's being used by people that are pootling along." I've got this expensive bike. I ride my bike all the time. I'm riding at 25 miles an hour. It's not safe for me to go on the cycle path because I'm then a danger to the other people on the path. Okay. So there's well, a count, there's the counter argument. Well, there are, when you put it like that, there are two different categories. There are the people on their, you know, Bianchi cycles and they're going like 100 mile an hour and they think that they're going to. They're the sort of people that go on biking holidays to the Alps and take yeah. little grapper at the top and then cycle down again and take photos and whatnot. Yeah, good for you. Well done. Uh, for me, not a problem. Crack on. 25 mile an hour. Well, you're going to have to slow down by five miles because there's a new speed limit in the village. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, get on the the cycle path. I mean, the council have spent some money, which isn't environmentally friendly to be dicking about with concrete and and whatnot and, and the paint they put down to create the cycle paths. But if it encourages people to cycle and not ride and drive their cars, then, yeah, I guess there's an environmental issue there as well that's being upheld. Steve, so, shut up. Get on with it. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve, shut up comes in. 
Whenever I cycle to work, I use it. And even without the top layer, I find no problem with the undulations. I suppose you can't please everyone. And then Laura loves it. (laughs) Laura loves it, comes in. It is fabulous, even in its unique finished state. I think she meant to put unfinished state and typo was uh, gone for unique finish there. Um, Feels so much safer as a daily bike commuter. Um, So what I like about these is when someone starts a thread and then it just totally goes against them. Billy Bike comes in. I use it regularly as I commute into Cambridge. It's much less life-threatening than before, and the undulation is hardly an issue. As I live opposite it, I see plenty of people using it every day. Plus, I'm sure drivers will appreciate reduced tailbacks caused by cyclists on the road. Money well spent for the safety of locals who choose to leave their car behind. The only drawback that it might pave the way to higher car speeds on an already quick road as people accelerate half a mile before the edge of the village. So he's saying... Now there's fewer cycles on the road than people might go a bit quicker. But Wow, it's not the cyclist's job to slow traffic down. Exactly. Uh, Tony Tandem comes in. I've cycled it several times. It's fine. Judge it from the saddle, not the car seat. <laughs> and then like Gary, Givett, Gary Givett, Gary Givett, a go, comes in. You should just go and try it. It's completely fine. But thanks for getting annoyed on behalf of other people anyway. <laughs> So this yeah. isn't going well for Dave Dickhead. No. Does he back down, though? Does he walk away from it? Well, Phil Final Word comes in. Interesting how all non-cyclists think cyclists will avoid it, but the cyclists all think it's great. Hmm. Whose opinion to trust? As has been pointed out elsewhere, it's not being financed by the county council, but by S106 monies from recent development. So S106 money is if a developer is puts like a a new housing estate on, they have to give money, they have to fund community uh, projects. Okay, that's Um, good. So the council haven't even paid for it. So as a motorist, it doesn't really affect me. As a cyclist, it's a massive improvement. And then the next thing is Dave Dickhead turns off commenting for this post. (laughs) (laughs) He really didn't like the way that went. No. I wonder, like people like that, they're never going to turn around and go, oh, I hadn't, I hadn't seen it from that uh, perspective. Uh, I, I stand corrected. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, you're right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's never, those words are never going to pass his lips. But he doesn't want to hear. No. He doesn't, <laughs> he's turned off commenting. He, he probably turns around to his missus and goes, this is getting out of fucking hand. All all I said was it was undulating and it's shit. And now everyone's saying it's good. And now everybody that, you know, I was trying to protect and trying to stand up for is turning against me, ungrateful bastards. <laughs> just stay off Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love the fact that he's just turned off comments. No, fuck <laughs> this. Didn't agree with me. <laughs> People didn't agree with me. I'm just going to have a quick look and see if he's put other things on the uh in the group let's just get let's get a feel for dave dickhead the kind of thing he posts shall we yeah this is a bit of live research here okay dave dickhead it's fascinating Mm. listeners at home are enjoying this immensely 
as the yeah, he's, he's, he's got nothing else really on there. Too. I beg your pardon. Circus on his Google accounts. I beg your pardon, me. No, carry on. As you were. Um, he's not a big, um, he's not a big contributor actually. This obviously really got his uh, got his goat. He's put on a really nice convolvulus hawk moth on his gate. A photo of a big moth on his gate. That got 26 likes. Okay, great. Really. Yeah. 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 I mean, what a way to end a podcast. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> if there's um if there's any other podcast World Cups, I think we might submit this episode. And just I say thought to the, me, I thought the episode was good. It was a scant little uh post, but we got some uh good stories out of it and we've come to the conclusion that cyclists like cycle lanes. Yeah. Yeah, which is another crisis solved. So if there you're a driver, if you're driving along and you're driving past a cycle lane and you think, what a fucking waste of money, just because you see one cyclist on the road who's holding you up, it doesn't mean that other cyclists aren't using the cycle path. Exactly. You're so, seeing the outliers. You're seeing the exceptions to the rule. So maybe you should spend a day stood there outside observing maybe even take a little notebook and pen and see how many people use the cycle path in each direction Mm. what kind of cyclists are using the path age groups you're a bit close to your microphone it's getting a bit spitty (laughs) (laughs) all right on that note i've left you with more than you needed yeah i'm gonna bow out okay well it's been great speaking to you again lee um bonus episode bonus episode uh next time uh we want to hear from you remember you know we don't just want people getting in touch you know with little tidbits we want all the news all the gossip what's going on where you live do you know holly Ryder? could you give her a nudge and say any chance of putting this article out holly you know things (laughs) like that (laughs) Holly, where are you? Why have you gone missing on us? What's happened? You told me we, I look like Matt Damon and Tim Robbins' love child. We miss you. We, well, no, don't know if we do, but, you know, we want an article. Yeah. We want we our article. <laughs> Where's our article, damn it? We want our feature, Holly. Yeah, Put so anyway, email us at villageincrisis uh, village at gmail.com. <laughs> Twitters or Xers at Village in Crisis or on Instagram we're village underscore in underscore crisis. We want to hear from you. Get in touch. But until next week's bonus episode, goodbye. And you have a great day, listeners. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Drink, but drink safely. Look out for each other. If there's somebody quiet, talk to them. If there's somebody that's talking too much, Tell them to shut up. Sage advice. Mm. Um, listeners, we record this on a Friday, um, but you listen on a Monday. So just keep that advice in your head until the weekend comes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Lee. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> and that's the end of another encounter with the villagers. Hope your week isn't as stressful as theirs. And... 
Tune in next week for more Village in Crisis.